2: I don't think anybody else could have made this movie. No, not at all.
3: There was like an entire industry term that was coined because of that scene.
2: Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinefix Top 100, our never-ending quest to watch 100 of the greatest movies of all time. I'm Clint Gage and with me as always, IGN's director of video programming and the user that? of lots of words... Michael Calibro hey Clint how's it going that's it's going good such man. a nice compliment yeah well it was either that or like obsessive tracker of YouTube analytics that's me yeah yeah they both you yeah both accurate and also with us IGN's senior news editor and Terminator 2 judgment day truther
3: that's right Alex Sedman that's me nice to doing? be here good
2: guys good yeah still good yeah excited Great. to be here Clint <laughs> i, excited I to, can tell excited to be here bob <laughs> one dollar <laughs> so how this how this works we'll all get our bids in closest without going over wins um, but aside from that, how this works, the Cinefix Top 100, the three of us put together, we sweated and, and poured over our personal list of the top 100 movies of all time. And then Dan, our producer, decided that he deserved to also make a list and then subsequently smushed all four of those lists together via some bananas algorithm that he won't explain to us. And that created the Cinefix Top 100. Uh, and now we don't know where these movies land on the list. We don't know where everybody else ranked them on the list. We don't know anything except for uh, Dan has now Included an envelope on the table, Ooh! Um, and this is, I guess, the big reveal. This is Chekhov's envelope. You put an envelope on a table at the beginning of a podcast, and you have to open it by the end is the rule, right? And you're going to have to
0: actually auditorily reference the envelope every five minutes. Periodically, yeah. Yeah.
2: We'll do envelope checks. Yeah. Envelope? Is it still there? On on the hour, every hour. Envelope checks. Is it still Uh, there? Anyway, where uh, the movie that we're discussing today is ranked on the top 100 in this envelope. Can't wait to find out there. But according to the whims of Dan's uh, stupid algorithm, this week we're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit.
0: Who did it? You know, even Dan's stupid algorithm can pick a good movie every it's once a, in a it's while. It's a
2: real broken clock. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. So uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Robert Zemeckis film from 1988. Bob Hoskins is incredible in it. Christopher yeah. Lloyd haunts dreams to this day mm-hmm. because of this movie. I'm going to digitally replace my eyeballs in the edit. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'll I'll be sure to pass the edit off to you just so you can do that. Uh, I will take no notes on how bad my cartoon eyes are. But, uh, I mean, the movie also had damn near every animated character that had ever been created up until 1988 in it, which is a, a stupid miracle. As far as like studio politics go but just to jump straight into it like what is your guys relationship with who framed roger rabbit how many childhood scars do you have because of it
3: so i'm kind of glad that i didn't watch it as a kid you so didn't watch it as a kid? no i didn't okay. so this was a little bit before my time i was born in 92 it came out in 88 and i didn't watch it until later in life um so i don't have that close of a connection to it uh but you know thinking about it it's a real good movie I'm not mad about it. Yeah. So you know?
2: y- so you you have a, a grown-up size?
3: Yeah, I do have a grown-up size, and I feel like <laughs> right. I wouldn't have gotten half of it anyway. No, yeah. Like I, I, certainly <laughs> I would have missed either. most of right. the jokes and probably would have been terrified by Christopher Lloyd anyway. Yeah. So it's for the best.
0: Yeah, so like I watched it a lot when I was a real little kid mm-hmm. and then it like kinda disappeared until it came out on DVD. And that's like like when the D V D came out, it's like that's the time I'm gonna oh I'm gonna get Roger White, I lo- Roger Rabbit. I loved that movie when I was a kid yeah. and I watched it and then it's just like that viewing was like teenage Calibro, like just like Beavis and buttheading it, just yeah. like sitting on the couch, coming, I mean like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's and then I the... got all the innuendos that time around. I'm like, wow, this movie is incredible. So, did it
3: ruin patty cakes for you? Because I have to wonder, like, the generation of <laughs> yeah. children who thought, like, the game patty cake was dirty. Yeah. Like... yeah.
0: Yeah. But then Bob's Burgers, you know, like brought it back around. Yeah. Now I think it's wholesome again because of the cake episode of that. Oh, yeah. 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 So, but like, all of that, I was like, I was like really into that movie when I was like five or six and all that shit just went way over my head. And then yeah. there was like 10 years where I never watched it and came back to it at like 15, 16. I was just like, whoa. Yeah.
2: yeah. No, it, it certainly is one of those movies that like, I, you know, seven-year-old Clint saw it and, you know, Judge Doom scared the living bejesus out of yeah. me. But then, you know, like, yeah, you watch it again 10, 15 years later and all of a sudden you're like, this – this movie is better than I can yeah. remember. I feel like, like it, was it was made was just for adults. Yeah. I don't think it was made for but, like. I mean, it was, yeah. There was that window in the eighties where kids' movies were made by adults that also wanted to go see yeah. the movies. I mean, the, you know, you look at movies like like The Goonies and even like Temple of Doom. You know, yeah. is, is ostensibly a kids' movie to a certain degree, but it is spooky as yep. hell. I mean, it's like Hollywood
0: forgot that lesson until like Shrek in two thousand one, right. which yeah. coincidentally is probably right around the time Roger Rabbit came out on TV. On TV, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Actually, uh, a couple of the the people who wrote those uh, this movie wrote the one of the not great Shreks. So a little bit of a tribute. One way. of
2: the not great Shreks. Was Shrek the? Th- I, I mean, there's I it's really a hit or miss. quick it's a, it's we're, not, we're not talking about Shrek in this episode. But yeah. how many great Shreks are there?
3: Uh, Shrek Two.
2: Shrek Two is great. And Shrek, just, well, and Shrek One. I would say Shrek One is great. Is great and yeah. Puss
3: in boots, The Last Wish.
2: Did that movie was that movie ripped, Right. Yeah, yeah, it's a banger of a movie. Maybe it'll show up on Dan's list. Hey. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but in the meantime, I mean, in terms of the pedigree of this film, obviously, like it's got such a weirdly lasting legacy because of, mm. I think, it works as a kid, and then it, it works again in a different way as a grown-up, uh, and it just doesn't get worse, no. I don't think. Yeah. But, I mean, at the time, it was it was nominated for, uh, it won some awards, the Academy Award for, um, it was nominated for art direction, cinematography, and sound effects, which uh, could have won, deserved what one, it nominations. What won
0: Best Picture that year?
2: I don't know. Look that up while I while I, I, will, while I rattle I off the rest of these. The, the ones that actually won the Academy Award for film editing, sound effects editing, visual effects, and it also won a special achievement award for a fellow named Richard Williams. There. I
3: looked him up in my travels. We're
2: gonna we're gonna talk a lot about yeah, him. Yeah. About, I think I, right? at some point. <laughs> I'm a big
3: fan of Richard Williams. He was
2: what was his job title on this? He was animation supervisor, An- animation, animation, animation director, director. Yeah. Director. yeah. Just the fact that he won a Special Achievement Award, which is basically the Oscars saying, like, we don't know what to give yep. you, but we're going to give you something because, oh, boy. Yep. Like, yeah. The Rick Baker the the big Rick Baker award the Rick Baker
0: <laughs> the Rick Baker award for awesomeness we didn't know was yeah to be well, awesome. exactly like, we didn't people, know we yeah. needed a category
3: yeah. for
2: you
0: but yeah. here's one
3: well that's the thing like and sometimes people like kind of like dump on honorary Oscars as not real Oscars I would argue that's a like an extra real Oscar yeah. they made it just because they're like well, you got to get something yeah. Yeah, yeah but
0: but when it's for but only with those honorary Oscars for like nobodies that did something truly extraordinary not the right. like the name everybody knows that, like, it's a crime that they haven't gotten. Yeah. Out. The, the yeah.
2: Lifetime Achievement Awards. I'm yeah. like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, stuff like this, the Special Achievement Award yeah. for a guy that, like, pulled something off incredible. Just the the way that they folded the animation in with the live action in this movie is insanely remarkable. And we're going to talk yeah. a ton about it, I imagine. By the way, Best Picture winner of... 80, 1988?
0: 89, because it came out in right, right. Rain Man. Rain Man. Oh, yeah.
3: that, that is a, you know what? Interesting. That's I, a good movie.
0: It's a good movie that yeah. probably will not be featured on this podcast.
2: Can't
3: yeah, imagine. Like, it was you know. probably
2: on Dan's list because, you know, that seems like a real Dan movie.
0: Wild yeah. Car Pick. Yeah.
2: But it uh, wasn't on my list. It's probably uh, Dan gave it his Special Achievement Award. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of the folks that made this movie, I mean, there's obviously Robert Zemeckis directed mm-hmm. it. In, in 1988, when he made this movie, he'd had Back to the Future under his belt. Romancing the Stone was the other big movie that, that he'd done. And then also he'd done a, an episode or two of Amazing Stories with Spielberg. Which, I don't know if you guys ever saw those, but yeah. amazing stories were, they, they were a blast. They were just like weird serial adventures. Cool 80s Twilight Zone. Yeah, But exactly. not the actual 80s Twilight family, Zone. Fam, more family-friendly family. Twilight Zone stuff. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Well, I will say, though, that, like, things weren't looking amazing for Zemeckis before, like, this couple of year stretch. Because he had, like, I wrote, he had, I Want to Hold Your Hand and Use Cars, which were flops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he had Romancing the Stone, which everyone thought was going to be a flop. And then it was actually, like, a surprise hit. Yeah. And then he had, like, the big Zemeckis movies. He had, like, Back to Back, Back to the Future, and Roger Rabbit. And Roger
2: Rabbit, yeah.
0: So,
3: big couple years for it old Zemeckis.
2: Doesn't
0: get any bigger than these two movies.
3: Yeah.
2: He went on to, to do some some other Some stuff. real turds, I mean, it, right? Some just, real stinkers. Just enough. like, if, just like We're gonna get to, are we Are we going to get to Beowulfs in, in this podcast? <laughs> there's, only, there's only so many. Uh, also on Dan's list. Beowulf? Yeah. yeah. Beowulf's Dan, number, Dan number one. Jolie's, Jolie's Grendel. Yeah. Dan, Grendel's mom. Dan loves Beowulf.
3: Um, Listen, you can't um, win them all.
2: Noted Beowulf Stan. I'm going to make a note of that. That's how I'm going to introduce him on the next episode. Um, <laughs> but uh, I will say Zeme- the Mars needs Dan's. The thing I do love about Zemeckis, though, is like, he and and what ended up happening with Back to the Future, like narratively, it's a it's a weirdly complex movie that mm-hmm. he pulled off and made it look easy. Roger Rabbit is a movie that like, technically is incredibly complex, and he makes it all it it's look on of, screen. It looks easy. It's like, also the narratively really complex too. Shyamess is a guy children. that makes complex things. Accessible like up here, non-existence even. Like it's that thing about the sound guy on set. Like yeah. if sound guy's doing his job right, you don't even know he's there, and mm-hmm. he gets zero recognition. Yeah, because like like the only time you notice him is when he f something up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Clint, this is a children's podcast. I understand. <laughs> Special achievement for bleeping. is yeah. coming coming up on this one. But I mean, I. Point is with with Back to the Future and Roger Rabbit. I mean, to your point about he had some flops Mm. under his belt, and then this is where he like became Zemeckis. Like I think it's because of that sort of. He's the tinkerer, right? Like yeah. he's, he kind of experiments with stuff and he's like, I don't know. A lot of people said I couldn't do it. So like yeah. we're going to do it this way.
3: And I don't want to talk too much about Back to the Future because I would eat my left foot if it's not on our list and we'll definitely have an episode about it. Um, it but might even you,
2: be in that envelope right it now. It probably,
3: <laughs> yeah. But like there's a what? lot of like similarities that emerge I think in these two movies. Like this, like there's ability to tell a lot of story and like a panning of the camera because yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that scene in Roger Rabbit where you like he's in... Uh, Eddie's office, and we have that pan where you basically learn his whole relationship with his brother, and that's uh, like the beginning of Back to the Future too. It's like a pan across the room that tells a story.
0: Dead brother desk. Dead brother desk. Dust, yeah, exactly. Dusty
2: dead brother desk.
0: Dusty dead brother desk.
2: Yeah, you know <laughs> that, that famous, that famous uh, film noir twer- trope. I can't <laughs> say <laughs> film noir trope though. Dusty Dead brother test. De- dusty. De- de- it. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. We'll figure it out later. We'll do that off mic. I mean, the other the other part of this movie that's just continually amazing to me is that it actually happened yeah Yeah. like
3: rights wise you mean
2: as as an exercise in like ip law yeah this is an impossible thing this is like spider-man joining the mcu but on like times a thousand real question with all of this like
0: uh media consolidation that's been happening in the last couple of years is it easier now or harder now
2: to get a movie like this off the ground
3: that's a good question that i don't know the answer to. i mean
2: ultimately it would probably be easier at some point, like yeah. I mean, this is you know, this is if Disney owned all of.
0: Do we want to get into the iTunes? Do we want to get into the IP stuff right now?
2: Because like the battle
0: over Bugs Bunny is like
2: we well, fast. I mean, well, let's let's talk more about the movie in general okay. for, before we get into that. Um, because like the way that Spielberg like mafia bossed his way into making this movie happen is, yeah. is, is truly fascinating but we can get back we'll get back to that let's let's get into some of the art of the scene stuff here let's talk about some brilliant moments because this movie is chock full of like technically impossible stuff that looks easy like the yeah. scenes do not show on this movie to date like they really don't it's incredible what scene so, do you want to talk about
0: well the scene that i particularly want to talk about is like in valiant's apartment where they're at the sink Oh, oh yeah like there's two there's That's two in, the one i brought too there's two in particular right there's the one at the sink so if we want to talk about the sink we'll save it t- for years no, no, it's fine. And, I'll, and i'll talk about the one where judge doom comes and he ultimately does the you know like no tune can resist to like a shave and a handshake yeah right? neither of those are mine so shave yeah but when like they when he like flies through the door right and then like he hits the light and then the, like the light is just freaking so- swinging yeah, and so then, this is yeah. this is
2: a scene where they're having to hide in this old speakeasy room. Yeah, and in mm. the speakeasy room. Man. And they when they hustle down there, it, it's 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 it, dark. It's Roger Rabbit or whatever. There's a single. There's like one of those single light bulb kind of kind of yeah. lights, and it's been it's swinging for the entire scene.
3: Yeah, but did you guys know that there was like an entire industry term that was coined for that? It's called bumping the lamp, and it was coined because of that scene. It's where like. Disney animators is where they call like something that you didn't have to do that probably no one's gonna notice, but you did it and it's great, but no one's gonna notice. So, and that's literally what it's called bumping the lamp. So, it's because of that scene. It's so, just
2: like a tacked-on layer that yeah, that it's just makes like something like a, harder and exactly
3: because like I they didn't it. need yeah. to bump the lamp, but yeah. it's really cool it. and like now that's for, like For example,
2: yeah. Dan putting an envelope on the table is
3: bumping the lamp. It's bumping the lamp. Yeah, yeah. perfect.
2: I you said
3: you'd never take another suitcase. What'd you have a change of heart? Nothing's changed. Somebody's made a patchy out of me and I'm going to find a why.
0: So like the interesting thing about that scene is, and to your point, right. It's something mm-hmm. that they didn't need to do. So like I was reading this interview with like in the, that the rap did with some of the creators and they're talking about how like Zemeckis and Dean Cundley, Cundley, Cundy, Cundy yeah, Cundy, like went into a meeting with like, with uh Disney and they were like, here's all the things you can't do. Don't move the camera. Don't shoot close ups. Don't get fancy with the lighting. Basically (laughs) don't do any don't do anything that would make too much work for the animators and their feeble wrists. Right. You know, like basically it's like cunley is saying when Bob and I left the meeting, we were there and we had like they had six or eight things that we could we should or couldn't do. Bob said, Well I guess those are the rules we're going to break. And like that scene with the bumping the lamp. Yeah. It's just incredible. Cause it's just like, not only do they have to animate Roger rabbit, but they also have to animate all the shadows and lighting. Mm-hmm. And then like, oh, like the other thing that I read a lot about was the guy named Ken Ralston at ILM who did um all of the optical printing. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, you know, like the, the how they like would basically sandwich all of the layers together onto the film and then expose that as the new layer of film. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He did a lot of two, like, if you work with After Effects, it's, like, the 2.5D, right? So, yeah. like, he makes individual layers within the film and, like, sandwiches them together and then re-photographs that. Right. Like, he basically did a lot of that with animation for the first time. Took, like, the Return of the Jedi technology and yeah. stuff like that and, like, adapted it to, like, hand-animated animation for the first time. That's what it gets that, like, really good look in the edit so it doesn't look like someone just drew over the f- negative of the Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Yeah. It- yeah. Ugh.
2: there's no other way to pull this off except mm-hmm. for doing it the hard way. In fact there's the guy that wrote the book that, that the movie's based on. He was inspired by some of these commercials that had like serial mascots, like animated serial mascots mm-hmm. dancing around with actual people. It's like and those look like they look like trash, but that's fine, it didn't yeah. matter. It was a serial commercial in, you know, nineteen seventy, whatever. But the way the way that they pulled this off, the only way to have done it is the hard way. There yeah. was no easy way to do it.
3: Mm-hmm. And incredible. I, I love that interview bit where they're like, "We didn't want to make life hard for the animators," and they were like, "Nope, too we're bad. making, it we're making a movie and making yeah. and it's going to be the it. best yeah. animated movie of our time."
2: But also, so there's the scene in the in the back room of the of the bar with the the lamp going, and 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 that's largely there's not a lot of coverage in that scene. No. It's a mm. lot of panning back and forth because they're walking from one side of the room to the other and peeking through the little holes in the wall. And the other one that you brought up that I wanted to talk about too is the scene at the sink. On on the surface, this is a very simple scene. The weasels have come to Eddie Valiant's place to look for Roger Rabbit, and Eddie is hiding Roger, they're handcuffed together at this point, and he's hiding him in the sink, like as he's pretending to do dishes and he's hiding him in the sink. And it's just, it's one shot, but the camera like trucks back, pans over, and then meanwhile, one of the animated weasels holding a real, real gun. The real yeah. dapper weasel, right? The real dapper. Yeah. The one with the spats on I'm his gonna, bare feet. I'm just going to call him dapper weasel. Dapper weasel. Yeah.
3: They were so really dapper,
2: Yeah. The camera trucks back. It pans over. Mm-hmm. The animated weasel is holding a real gun. Uh, he flips the water. Then Roger Rabbit jumps out, It pans over again, and then zooms back. If it's just blocking actors, mm-hmm. it's a simple shot. It's basic filmmaking coverage for the 80s, right? Yeah. But the fact that two of these characters were animated and they're interacting with real stuff and it, like, it is, it is, it it, it breaks my my brain yeah. well, trying to what, figure out really, how they did it. the
3: water is the craziest the thing. The cra- and even things
2: like the handcuffs. Yeah, like, yeah. The, hand, the handcuffs are like still pointing up when Roger Rabbit's hand is in them and so they had to like stage how the handcuffs were going to be yeah. like where mm-hmm. roger's wrist was going to be and obviously like that's there's some flexibility in that they were doing that later you know like so they could adjust however they needed um but also just the the balls to pull that shot off yeah. to say like no no i'm going to do it this way there's part of me that that wonders how how difficult they knew it was going to be like obviously like the, all the little details in the background of like you know because meanwhile in the background of the shot the weasels are going through his apartment and there, you see papers flying everywhere and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff like that so like the detail is like they knew exactly what they were doing they knew exactly how to pull it off and just the foresight to do it and to nail it the way that they did is, is incredible and all it is is a a scene at a sink
3: yeah and it's like the whole entire movie is that concept of bumping the lamp like there's so many details where it's like they didn't have to like the movie would still be acclaimed and make tons of money mm-hmm. if they didn't make a little splash in the animated character but they did it they, they did, it. did it, and, and it's then like, roger rabbit comes the, out of the
2: sink
0: and
3: yeah. spits water because like yeah. that's what
2: cartoons
0: do exactly so we need them to but do it's it. real water
3: yeah. because that's the whole movie
0: I, ha- I highly recommend that anybody listening to this like go google youtube to test footage for roger rabbit Yep. Because, like, there's, like, a – there's a really short, like, one-shot film thing that they made where it's, like, all the stuff we're talking about here, like, lighting changes, interacting with the physical environment.
2: All like, the rules that they were told yeah, to follow, all, yeah. All,
0: like, they literally just designed, like, one quick shot, maybe, like, 90 seconds, like, a 90-second shot that breaks every rule that Disney told them they couldn't do. And they're just, like, here, here's our proof of concept. Yeah. And, like, they kind of knew. But even then, I was just, like – I. Zemeckis is kind of an asshole. I'm sure he's just sitting there like let let's see how far we could push this. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you know what? The, the results speak for themselves they though. Did it. Like, yeah. Cuz e-
2: even that test footage like it's this long tracking
0: shot yeah.
3: and there's
2: stuff in the foreground that the and that Roger like walks back, Which, What's was funny. There's a there's a chase sequence in the middle of the movie with Benny the cab and it's a it's a car chase and it's in and out of streets and down alleys mm-hmm. and like you know his his wheels the, the springs up and drives over and there's car accidents and like that might have been the easiest thing to do in the entire movie.
0: Oh yeah, because well, he...
2: like, and it wasn't until the end of that sequence when they get up on the bridge that they start driving behind things and other cars are interacting in the foreground and stuff like that. That like, okay, I, I see how that was a little difficult, but everything prior to that was all like rear projection and stuff. But it was an, It was the action scene at the yeah. you know in in the second act, and I was like, no, this is probably the easiest thing that they did. But like hiding Roger Rabbit in the sink for like a conversation with a weasel was near impossible
3: yeah like, yeah that's like not the scene that everyone talks about no. i mean maybe it is but it's like it's still like one to appreciate for yeah. sure
0: you you should actually like go like look at interviews with richard williams he mm. is like the most cavalier guy when like he's like talking about it. he's like yeah is it okay if we move the camera and stuff like that he's like yeah i mean like we're just gonna have to draw it but like we'd have to draw it anyway yeah, you yeah. Know? it's like right yeah whatever you do like you know, we're artists. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work, you know?
3: Richard Williams is an interesting guy. Yeah. Like, the more I read about it, like, he only did this movie. He didn't want to do the movie. He only, wa- like, wanted to do it so they would fund, like, the cobbler and the thief or the thief and the cobbler. Like, it's a he's an interesting dude. Very talented.
2: Very, very deserving of a special, special achievement. Yeah. What, what struck me watching it again was, like, you don't really notice how hard it is mm-hmm. unless you're really looking for it. Oh, yeah. Because you're seeing, like, like, the octopus bartender. Yeah. yeah. Arms flying everywhere and if you if you look closely they're flying up and behind glasses mm-hmm. that are hanging, you know, behind the bar and like the animation is is warped mm-hmm. and, it, and it looks natural going up behind the glasses behind the bar and it's details like that It's there's another one uh, Dumbo flying outside the um uh, yeah. the window, like flying oh, behind these Venetian how they had, blinds. How they had a rotoscope, those Venetian blinds, like what a flex. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like it was, it, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't like there was a green screen behind the blinds mm-hmm. that they just tacked it on. Like it was, it was a proper, like they had to do that frame by frame and blind by blind. And then they, they did it when they pulled the blinds up. We talk all the time about little bits of practical stuff that allow you to buy the fake stuff on screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had wind machines on the plants yeah. next to. Them. First of all, yeah. they decided to put plants up there so that they could see the wind of Dumbo's ears flapping, and like it was interacting with. Just adding those practical elements, the absolute flex of. Let's have Dumbo fly up behind those Venetian yeah. blinds. It's like, you son of a bitch. Yeah,
3: like, well, <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like, yeah, like you were saying, little things that they didn't necessarily need to do. Like when they're driving through Toontown and like he's looking out the window and you have like half the window that's clear and then half that's like a little blurry through the glass. Yeah, like,
2: Yeah, just putting, yeah, when he first enters into Toontown, just yeah. putting an like out of focus pane of glass in the foreground of your shot. Yeah. It's like, it's bumping the lamp. Yeah. I love that phrase now. By the way, right? I mean, I'm working that into yeah. everything. Yeah, I think another brilliant moment too that we, we can talk that I want to talk about is the moment that we meet Dolores in the bar. I love Dolores. and this isn't a I technical thing. Dog. This I, is this speaks it, to like an efficiency of storytelling. We're gonna, thing. Yeah, we're going to do the show not tell kind of thing, right? Yeah. Now. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got stuff on that too? Oh yeah, love it. Great. So dusty the, dead brother desk. Right? Dusty like the, dead brother. Let's desk. just roll yeah. them all in. Yeah. Yeah. So, but before we get to the dusty dead brother desk, it's getting easier to say.
3: I yeah, think. dusty let's, dead brother desk.
2: Dusty Dead. Dusty yeah. Dead Brother Desk. Great. Yeah. None of those words mean anything anymore. <laughs> but the moment that we meet Dolores in the bar and we get the first interaction between Eddie and Dolores.
3: Tomorrow's Friday, Eddie. You know what happens here on Friday? Fish special? You know, my boss checks the books on Friday. And if I don't have that money I gave you back in the till, I'm going to lose my job. Don't bust a button, Dolores. You've only got one left.
2: we we don't get anything explicit about their relationship or about who they are but it's just like hey I need to borrow your camera it's like I haven't developed a film since we went to Catalina and then she gets all wistful about a past that they have and he's and then the way that they stage it because like she walks to the end of the bar and just kind of looks off into the distance and he's back there fiddling with the camera not paying attention and it says everything about their relationship just like visually, with no explicit lines of dialogue. You know what's crazy
0: too? It even like sets it up later too, right? I mean, as a segue to the dusty, dusty, <laughs> dusty dead brother desk, right? Like, so like. You knew that they had a relationship because, like, there was undeveloped pictures on that camera, right? So mm-hmm. then, so then he goes, then he goes and like peeps on Jessica Rabbit, mm-hmm. gets those photos, gets them developed. He's looking at all the Jessica Rabbit photos, and then you see the pictures from Catalina, and then you also see like, oh, who's the character? Oh, it's D- Dusty Dead Brother. Who's that other? Yeah. Who's that
2: other guy in those?
0: That pictures? other crucial <laughs>
3: character yeah. to yeah. our protagonist's backstory. Yeah,
0: and it's just like all of that. It's just such ruthlessly efficient exposition yeah. through camera work. It's incredible. You're right.
3: I'm yeah. plotting. And it very easily could have been, we used to date, but yeah. now I'm mad at you. Yeah. Like, one
0: of those one of those crappy patrons at the bar. Yeah. Like, could have just Didn't been like, are you guys still to together? together? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But no, no. It was so much more subtle. I, I think uh Joanna Cassidy, who plays Dolores, does a lot with a little screen time.
2: I she what, are you is she in the watercolors now? <laughs> I love it so much. Um, dabbling
3: in watercolors yeah. <laughs> that's
2: it that's it she she was incredible yeah like, she's and it's it's one of those like the supporting roles that really make a movie <laughs> sing like that yeah. like i mean she's just doing really great work kind of thanklessly off to the side yeah but co- totally committed to yeah. the world and to the bit that moment where she says uh you know god what, you know what's his deal and it's like a killed his brother oh my god that's one of my favorite like, parts of the whole movie <laughs> but it's she plays it so straight she and she deadpans it and it means something and like it, it lands yeah. in the movie whereas if you put that in the naked gun yeah like and play the exact same way yeah. it's it's also it's hilarious you know well but the thing here, is the, i
3: still did cackle and then i felt bad about cackling right after because yeah. like, i thought it was a joke at first and then yeah. she goes he was crushed by a piano, and I was like, "Oh!" Dropped a piano no. right on his head. But she does it so well, which <laughs> yeah. is what makes it just, just a good moment. It's like, so
2: it's so deadpan and so committed to, yeah. to the world, which yeah. is a, a silly bananas world because yeah. right? it's it's half film noir and half you know Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, which is a lot to take in initially. So if you don't have actors that are that committed to it and, and able to pull that kind of thing off, yeah. then like it doesn't work. The whole thing falls apart.
1: So what's his problem?
0: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's king of the egg cream.
1: So, if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Dusty, Dusty, dead, De- brother? Dusty,
1: Dusty dead, dead Brother, Dusty Dead Brother desk.
2: desk. Did we get there yet, Dusty Dead? Brother I think we can get to it. I think we Let's can get to about it right the Dusty now, Dusty dead, dead Brother Desk.
3: It also has one of my favorite lines it's in the movie. To say, yeah. anyway. Even though it's, there's no talking, uh, Goofy cleared of spy charges is one of my favorite well, lines. Well, yeah. that's, that's I mean, part yeah. of Dusty Dead Brother Exactly, desk. that's right. what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So,
2: so to set up the Dusty Dead Brother Desk, yeah. what are we, 10, 12 minutes into the Dusty Dead Brother Desk? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's is a it that early?
2: <laughs> it's it's pretty early.
0: Yeah. I, don't yeah, know. I, I could, mean, I it's look well it in Act 1, right? Because the inciting incident is going to basically be like when Acme dies, right?
2: And this uh, is uh, right before. Yeah, no, when it is farther in there. It's after he shows the pictures to Roger. It's like 25, 26 minutes in. But Acme's not dead yet, is he? No, he, well, no. he's theoretically dying while this is happening. Because like, he uh, wakes okay, up. Yeah, yeah. So he, he goes and um, shows the pictures to Roger, gives them a drink. Oh, Roger, yeah. Goes yeah. Sad, <laughs> Roger goes to get Roger sad. Roger goes to get sad. Roger goes to get sad. And then Eddie goes home, drinks himself to sleep, and that's when we get the pan of the Dusty yeah. Dead, Dead Brother, Brother yeah. desk. And he wakes up the next morning to find out that uh, Acme's been, been murdered. murdered. They dropped a safe on him. They dropped a safe on him. But after, during the Dusty Dead Brother desk... It's this great, he's flipping through all these pictures of Catalina and we're getting wistful and the music Mm -hmm. is, is that wonderful sort of film noir saxophone kind of. Set the tone, do more of that. As it pans up on the desk, you see photos of
0: the family, right? There's the brother. They used to be carnies, which makes them natural, natural, natural brothers who gravitate to the antics of Toontown. Then they join the police force. But unfortunately, one brother meets his very fateful end and his other brother does not dust the desk in his brother's
3: absence. I mean that yeah, that's that worked what down, happens. Right? Yep. Yeah. Pretty
2: good. And then so we pan across it and we get all these fun little details in print, like pictures yeah. and like we see them and that's where your favorite, <laughs> favorite your favorite line in print is.
3: Is goofy cleared of spy charges, which segue... <laughs> Goofy is a recurring theme in this movie, so not only was he cleared of spy charges, but later in the theater scene, uh, Roger is admiring him as a performer, and then at the very end... Uh Jessica Rabbit's like, You are better than Goofy. Yeah, who like would, that's
2: who, that's her words of like her loving words to him as they're about to die. Like yeah, they're tied you are better up, and they're about Goofy. to get sprayed with dip, and he's like, I love you so much. You were yeah. better than Goofy. But
3: I love that like Goofy is this constant presence yeah. in this movie without being a presence he's barely, in the movie. Yeah, I think yeah. He, yeah, he's, I think he's in the background in at some he's point. But, yeah. Who
0: is he spying for? Right, right? Because it's not that's like nobody, I would, nobody. Like, yeah, he's He's innocent would they Because I mean, like, this is like it's not like it's not like Goofy was getting blacklisted and like because like McCarthy he wouldn't have come along for like another like 10 years right when this movie took place because like Hueck.
3: yeah the <laughs> house
0: on american activities
3: maybe it was more showbiz based maybe you know he was spying on behalf i want to or... i mean this was i want to in 47
2: yeah. yeah so it was the clearly he was, was he was totally doing something he was doing something during yet. the war yeah yeah, like, uh, yeah. maybe they, he was a suspected double agent during the war
3: mm-hmm. goofy aside that desk scene is phenomenal in terms yep. of just like laying the back backstory of the protagonist without dumping exposition, which this movie is very good at not doing.
2: The other thing that that the scene does, and I mean, talking about efficiency and storytelling, yeah. is that it's also a time lapse. It pans away from him drinking. Oh yeah, because he it wakes up It pans away drunk. from him drinking at night. <laughs> yeah, and then we look at all of these things and all in the desk, and then when it goes back up to him, it's morning and the bottle's empty and he's asleep on the desk. Yeah. So it's it's a it's it's like. We could say all this stuff out loud and then cut to the next day. Or we could show him in his environment and, and visually show the things, the dusty dead brother desk, and like that tells us what we need to know about the character. And then we're also using that to travel into the next day. So, like, every shot in this movie is doing two or three things. Oh, yeah. Which is fantastic.
3: And it's a pretty tight runtime, too, which I miss those. Um, yeah. But like, it makes use of every single second, which is really admirable. Yeah.
2: It's an hour 40. Oh, solid hundred minutes! Amazing, beautiful. No, but yeah, that's seems... makes me want to shake my fist at the cloud. Like I never, I. It's yeah. one of the things that makes me feel like an old man when I get mad at two and a half hour movies.
3: Oh no, I I also feel like an old man yeah. when I get mad. Because you at know that. what? Even <laughs> yeah.
2: Robert Zemeckis wasn't getting two VHS tapes. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the double VHS tape uh, edition was the the thing that really kept runtimes down. Yeah, yeah. Now that we don't have that problem, it's. Yeah
3: the titanic we have a a new
2: worst problem it's a whole different problem exactly
3: I have another favorite scene the ink and paint club which first of all amazing club I want to go there it looks really fun so like the open the doors and I feel like it's the first time that you like fully are immersed in like the live action animation world because like we talked about the octopus behind the bar, which is mm. phenomenal. But then you have Donald Duck and Daffy Duck playing the piano and it's like vaudeville and slapstick. Yep. And fun bit of trivia, in order for the WB and Disney characters to be in the same movie, they basically had to have the same amount of screen time. So that's why you have Donald and Daffy like competing against each other. It's so good. But then of course yeah. you have the infamous Jessica Rabbit introduction, which I think shaped many young men's lives. It sure did. Um,
2: yeah. and women's yeah Damn. everybody's yeah the really sexually charged nature of people's interactions with jessica rabbit yeah like humans interactions with this like how what did we think about that like it is, is it because it, it's played yeah. it's played just like any, any I mean, anybody else any other like dame in a nightclub yeah. scene from any film that, yeah. that's set in the 40s but with like a like a dash of ralph Bashki. Right, because it
0: it has, like, that very sexually charged, like, Fritz the Cat vibe to it, too, Mm -hmm. which is, like, I never knew about when I was, like, five. But, you know. Right.
2: I only recently watched Heavy Metal for the first time. Yeah. And that movie, I'm honestly, I'm uh, glad I didn't see it when I was... 13 yeah fair enough (laughs) like it's probably for the best
3: but i think bob hoskins is so good in that movie because that's the most cartoonish he looks the entire time because like the way his like jaw just drops he looks like a cartoon character he's like a luga but like in live action
2: i i had read that the the direction that zemeckis gave him was he because he didn't know what jessica Rapp was going to look like yeah so he was just like just imagine like your ideal sexual fantasy of a woman and that's what you're seeing yeah and so that was what he was doing and then it's like a dog chasing a car right Mm -hmm. because because now i'm like well what would you what are you gonna do if you catch up there guy yeah (laughs) yeah exactly what is that gonna look like
3: when she like basically starts giving him a lap dance he clearly doesn't know what to do yeah (laughs) he's like
2: he starts leaning in for something and then he gets a hat in the face yeah that dynamic to me like watching it this time around i was like that's hmm that's that's a little weird.
3: Also, I read that to make her more cartoonish, instead of her boobs bouncing downwards, they bounced up. It was like they were literally mm-hmm. defying gravity yeah. for this woman. You know, <laughs> I was watching yeah.
0: uh, I was watching this like one uh, Richard Williams cartoon animation like thing before like we started this, and it's like this like very buxom woman comes on. And it's just like, yep,
2: this is definitely
0: yeah. the guy that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it
2: More or less was it, Jessica yeah, Rabbit Je- with actually a, a skinnier yeah, waist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: And I will say another thing I love about this scene in kind of a sad way I feel so sad for Betty Boop. Yes.
2: Well that that was another thing I wanted to talk about with this yeah. scene cuz like here's a movie that is based in nostalgia like it's Zemeckis is a, you know the new Hollywood guys grew up yeah. you know in the 40s and 50s they yeah. grew up on these movies these film the detective movies and everything. So it's nostalgic for film noir. You know the Sam Spade kind of detective stuff. It's nostalgic for Saturday morning cartoons. Um, it's and then also within the movie there are cartoons that are also already out of date. Mm -hmm. You know, like, and so to have Betty Boop show up and the only work she can get is waiting tables at this club. You know, nobody wants to work with me now that everything went to color. Like
3: when she like adjusts her garter because she's like clearly feeling insecure. like It's like little things.
2: The way that they used Betty Boop to, to, like, we're watching Betty Boop feel inadequate in the presence of Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. Which is like... I mean, it's also a weird little shorthand. I mean, it's it's like a
0: oh yeah, you know, you know one. You have a like one known quantity, so now it, you understand the exactly. unknown quantity yeah. better relative to the known one. Yeah, yeah.
2: You got to let T Rex lose a fight in one of the sequels, and yeah, now no. you know that whatever nonsense name. They're, listen, it's not Jurassic Part time.
1: Um, <laughs> it w- I'm sure it will <laughs> be. Indominus, will be Indominus Rex. Indominus but also
3: Rex. another bumping the lamp moment also comes in that scene when she's performing and like the camera is like on her legs, like you can see like through her sparkly pink dress. It was like, they didn't need to do that. Yeah. But they did.
2: They sure did. Yeah. We haven't talked about Judge Doom. Yeah. No. Which Christopher Lloyd as Judge Doom is, I mean, there's a handful of brilliant moments that, that go with him because mm-hmm. that dude was spooky as hell.
3: Yeah. So, there are two moments that I'm really glad I didn't see as a child because I'm pretty sure they would have scarred me for life. Uh, the first one is when he essentially drops a puppy in an acid bath, but it's not the a shoe. puppy, it's a shoe. Yeah. But it might as well be a little puppy. A um, puppy or
2: a child?
0: Or a child. Like he, like he drops a child
3: yeah. in an acid No, that And a shoe it's,
0: had a family. I mean, and a brother. I bet he did.
3: But, like, it's, it's, I actually really like that whole scene because they're, like, interacting with all the different props, like, the animated props, like, when he takes the black hole and then he, like, puts his hand in it. Um, That was also
2: good foreshadowing.
3: Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Um, But then Christopher Lloyd comes. Chekhov's hole. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. (laughs) Wow, Clint. Inappropriate. (laughs)
3: It's it's, Dan's
2: fault. It's what he called the envelope. yeah.
3: Yeah. But it's, like, so funny, though, too, because, like, it's like a, up until then, it's like a really, like, it's clearly a mystery. And then it's like, Oh, there's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. found him. Well, first of all, his
2: name is judge doom, yeah. you know, and then it's he's killing subtle. children immediately. <laughs> like the first time we meet him, he's like, Oh yeah, by the way. Beep.
3: And he just like, he has that very like angular face
0: and he deputized those weasels. Yeah. Like, oh, he, did. how do you not think that that guy is evil? If like yeah. he, he, these, these, well, these well to do weasels over here mm-hmm. <laughs> are, are my, my proxies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, there's no, I mean, it's, it's shorthand, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's as much a cartoon as anybody else's. I mean, obviously, we in the end we turn out to find out that he literally is a cartoon. Also terrifying but, that moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Ethan Hunt all way, of them. when he dies when he's flattened by the steamroller. Yeah. That, oh, that's that's one thing. But the way that he reacts to it, like the ah, ah, yeah like high pitched and panicky screaming. <laughs> That's not a way that I've seen many bad guys go out. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know? <laughs> but that's like, why that's it's a, so that's chilling. a unique way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's such a strange... It's off-putting, it's off-putting. how this villain is dying. Like, yeah. how he's dying. Not that he's dying, or that he's even being flattened by a steamroller. Like yeah. We've all seen Austin Powers. Yeah. I can handle that. Whatever. But it's a... Like, yeah. And slapping at it and everything. Like, it was... It, it, it's awful. <laughs> also,
3: and the fact that you don't know he's a cartoon at that point, and you think you're just watching a human man yeah. run over by a steel. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit but then
2: it also fits
0: like a cartoon would sound like that. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, hundred like, percent. Great use of non-blood there. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. in, a, in a in a in a not children's movie. Yeah. Which, yeah. There would be a lot of blood there, right?
3: And I'm not really sure why it is so scary, but there is something just really unsettling about the flattened yeah. Judge oh. Doom, when like it coming pops up, up <gasps> when it pops up, oh. and it's just like paper. It's thin. like sl- yeah. like Slender Man before Slender oh. Man. Oh, well,
2: the first time he, when he when he initially sits up like that, that's practical, I think, yeah. right? Like oh, yeah. And then and then when he's like popping up and wobbling, like yeah. that's animated. Yep. But like the first bit of like bending upwards is yeah. like that's that was happening on the day. Yeah. That part was the, the off-putting. Well, <laughs> the, also, the, and the dancing I, around yeah. wobbly flat guy. Like, yeah. Not and I'm so surp- much, but... I'm
3: surprised how effectively scary the cartoon eyes were. Like, I mm-hmm. don't know why they were so scary. They should have been silly.
0: I have. Do you think they put anything over his eyes? Do you think it was
2: just like, no, nah, we're just going to draw over where... He, like, we're going to just draw over his eyes in the footage. I don't know. I mean, if you talk to Richard Williams, he'll probably just like, yeah, we'll draw well, it. Let me call him up right now. <laughs> no big now. deal.
3: Yeah. Our guy Richard. Our probably, guy Richard.
0: right? Like... Just to throw in another tidbit about how they actually animated this thing, mm-hmm. is that they actually foot like they actually printed out every frame of the movie in eight in like an eight by ten classy. And like according to an interview with this uh Phil <laughs> Nibblick, N I B B E L I N K.
2: Who is who's actually one of the tunes that worked on the <laughs> He's got a great
0: he's got a great tune name. Yeah. But yeah. Nibble Nibble nib, the bell, nick anyway he talks about how like every frame was printed on like an eight by ten glassy and then they had to like punch the holes so it'll fit on like an animation board mm-hmm. and like they just had like a warehouse like a like a storage room that had literally every unanimated frame of this movie printed on an eight by ten glossy. and if yeah. you were gonna go do a shot you'd have to go get like all the like all like all the kodak shots of the frame God. take it back to your desk and then just start animating on top of them
2: It's not a quick cut movie. Like, there's a lot of long takes. Yeah, in this this movie, he says
0: that he explicitly says, "quote Zemeckis like long takes. There's very few short shots. You'd go through this big stack of prints. Like, he's talking about 500 frames for For, like one shot. shot. Yeah, Yeah. like everything they could have done
3: to make this harder, they did. Yeah, Yeah.
2: (laughs) it's all all bumps to lamps.
3: Yeah,
0: Yeah. as for you, Valiant, step out of line, and we'll hang you and your laundry out. (laughs) To
3: <laughs> Come
1: on, boys. Let's am spread. They're gone. Deepa, I was thrilled. You saved my life. How can I ever repay you?
3: <laughs> we haven't talked about the opening yet. We haven't. Yeah, the, the the
2: cold open of the movie, which yeah. is a, an entire animated sequence. Richard Williams' first time to shine.
3: <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's like funny too, because like a lot of movies used to open that way, and I I can imagine like imagine going into that movie blind with an extended
2: and, animated sequence. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you? Think,
3: no, really. Yeah. You are you you're doing, talking about
2: like the cartoons before the? Movie? the yeah, cartoons. That's what I was yeah, going to yeah. say. Yeah, but like, like
3: imagine you went into that knowing nothing, and then it was just like live action. But yeah. honestly, props to Roger too, because he did that in all in one take, and the, his only screw up was seeing birds instead of stars. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I mean, this is the first, first the four Animation. minutes.
2: Yeah. Uh, first four minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Is is just this animated and it's a scene that they're filming, and it's it's Roger it's Roger Rabbit at work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like watching it, I wondered I I wondered if they actually made this for 3D. Like which I know they didn't. Yeah. Because they in the late eighties, three D wasn't really a thing. But like the way that a lot of that animated stuff, especially in that opening sequence, is framed, like there's a scene where you know Roger Rabbit is is I think he's getting shot out of the oven. Yeah, he flies around one room and then he flies through the foreground, but just his hands in the foreground. They really and there's a lot of like knives coming at camera, and it it feels very, very staged for 3D. Uh, But I wonder if that was if that was just to set it apart because like it had been a while since we watched one of these cartoons. Like this t- style of cartoon on the big screen,
3: maybe. I think they were trying really hard to make it look cinematic, if yeah. nothing else. Like probably not, like like you said, probably not for three D. Right. But they wanted to make it stand out. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would say jack up animation principles, right? Like, cause yeah. like, like, like one, of the, like, like those, like animation tropes is like expanding and contracting, right? Like, so, like thing like when you're like if you're going to animate someone punching right like you don't just have them like punch right you have to do like the wind up yeah. and like mm-hmm. you really exaggerate the wind up so then like it feels like more impactful when they like swing and stuff like that and like all of this is like the expanding and contracting of the animation right like yeah. that kitchen takes whatever size that kitchen needed to be in order to make the shot funny yeah. right mm-hmm. and like you see that later in what i think is like probably like the closest thing that roger rabbit has to an analog which is space Jam, and mm-hmm. space Jam mm-hmm. has like a lot of that like they're very much like taking the elasticity of the animation to a whole new extreme because mm-hmm. they have like the budget and animation and time to like to really do it
2: that opening sequence is some of my favorite oh my God, like those incredible. rube goldberg kind of like stepping in buckets <laughs> oh, it, like,
3: it's like genuinely very funny. It's like great. I was laughing while yeah, I was watching it. It's legit
2: it. really, really great. Yeah. Um, and just watching baby Herman sort of step on things and accidentally turn the oven on. Yeah. And all of the things that can possibly go wrong are. Yeah. And then like funny, uh, funny little cameo. Uh, the director, Raul B. Raul, uh, which is a fantastic name, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, is Joel Silver, who's a producer that is kind of a notorious prick. Yeah. I, think. I didn't know.
3: Yeah, that's crazy that's
2: also, and he's doing like an impression of himself kind of yeah from from what i read oh but that's hilarious any anything not hold up to you guys anything so, super cheesy
3: i wouldn't say it doesn't hold up but aside from the very scary uh judge doom like big reveal parts of the end the end like just isn't that memorable for me like the fight i don't know mm-hmm. like it's not what I think about when I think about this it's, movie.
2: It's very by the book.
3: It is. Like, like he does a, his monologue, which, by yeah. the way, is just about Los Angeles transportation, which is...
2: Right. That is one thing we haven't uh, talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. The, like, the Chinatown for children. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The fact that this movie and Chinatown make a fantastic double feature yeah. is, yeah. is, is pretty, pretty wild. One thing we haven't talked about, but, like, one of my favorite
0: bits, right, which is, like, when he's taking, like, the trolley car... And he can't afford the fare, so he sits on the back. And then he gets cigarettes from the children. Yeah. The other kids that are hitching a ride on the back of the truck. So this movie is all about cartoons drinking and then this guy getting cigarettes from children. Well, that's the
3: thing. I wouldn't say there's a lot about this movie that doesn't hold up, but there's a lot that this movie couldn't get away with in 2023. Like, stealing cigarettes from children. (laughs) Taking taking
0: your main characters to a burlesque show.
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's even the patty cakes bit. Despite like the the stand-in oh, yeah, is yeah. like, come Adultery, on, like we all yeah. know what that is. Yeah, we we, we know. What know. Doing. Yeah.
2: There's the uh, you know, baby Hermans. Um, I got a 50 year old lust <laughs> and a three year old dinky <laughs> like.
3: <laughs> Which,
2: when i was boss. rewatching that, it like I, had
3: a sound come I, out of yeah. me I was like what i
2: had a physical reaction yeah. to that line too it's visceral which, so i mean there's a there's a few little odds and ends like that but yeah. honestly not really like it's it was a kid friendly film noir you know yeah. like and so there was a lot of the you know a lot of the and all of that mm-hmm. sort of uh vernacular was lots it was lots of fun and it doesn't necessarily age poorly. Yeah.
3: And I will say, like, the whole Toontown segment, it's not bad and it holds up, but, like, kind of like the ending, it's not what I remember, which is almost kind of impressive. Like, you think, like, the collision of IP would be the thing that you think about, but it's, like, it's just one of the fine scenes of the movie. It's not, like, one of my favorite ones, you know?
2: Aside from the Donald and Daffy Duck sequence, I don't really... There's not really any, like, nobody made a huge deal out of all of yeah. the... Yeah,
3: well, it's... And Yosemite yeah. Sam
2: shows up, and there are cameos from all of these different, uh, you know, Betty Boop and everybody. Yeah, well, But it's not like, that's not Fillion the story of... Right. The movie, and right? like
3: even like, and I remember watching it, like seeing the Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny scene. It's like, oh, these are the oh, right, right, these right. are the big guys, yeah. and it's funny because that's another occurrence of them having to give equal screen time to the WB so they're and they're literally Disney. on screen, yeah, at the they're at the same time. Same time. You know,
2: yeah. The funny story about this to me is that Spielberg, I don't think anybody else could have made this movie no not mm-hmm. at all because at the time in the late 80s spielberg had he had jaws and et and raiders under his belt um he's also produced back to the future and he produced poltergeist like the guy made could mess miss. Yeah. couldn't miss in the late 80s yeah. and literally well he actually missed once but that's with right 1941 yeah. yeah 1941 is big big old silly miss so anyway in the in the late 80s like every studio wanted to work with him and so mm-hmm. when he comes and asks like hey can i have these disney characters for this movie disney was like yeah sure go ahead you know and by the way maybe make your next movie here and he's like yo okay yeah so he he kind of like big dogged his way into just using that clout that literally everybody in town didn't want to piss him off and didn't want to say no to him yeah and so they they were willing to do this which like that's not a thing that happens like it's that it happened then and then it happened with spider-man in the mcu yeah and that's about it in the entire history of like, everything. yeah.
3: I mean, um, Chip and Dale tried it.
2: I guess, yeah. It, yeah,
3: not as effectively, but they did. No. A lot of times when you have a big crossover, that's kind of what you're selling, but kind of what I was saying earlier like the crossover isn't what you think about. Like you're thinking right. about the wonderful film noir and it's nice that Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse are on screen together.
2: What's funny is that no, none of them are integral to the plot. No,
3: it's Roger. They're, cam- they're cameos. Yeah.
2: At, you know, at, at best, and they're, it, that's not that's not the story. Yeah. That that they're telling. The fact that Toontown exists and literally every cartoon you've ever heard of lives there is yeah. is it's, it's not integral to the story, but it, it's like super integral to pulling off something yeah. something of weight. Yeah. You know. And it's cool. It, and it's just f-ing cool. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing I found about that is like Warner Brothers.
0: Warner brothers fight with the producers of this. Right. Cause like they really wanted to use modern bugs. Right. So like, yeah. like eighties um. bugs, like, well, I think he was like actually designed in like the, like fifties or sixties, like that bugs, like, he's the bugs we know today. Right. Yeah. And Warner's was like, listen, if you use, we're, we're cool. with you using bugs? But if you use them, like use modern bugs. Cause you know, yeah. we're selling a lot of t-shirts. Yeah. Right. But they were like, no, no, no. We want to do the period appropriate bugs, which was forties bugs. And I mean, I guess they they won because, like, 40's Bugs is in the film. Yeah. But, like, I didn't really realize until that moment that there's, like, that many different designs of Bugs Bunny.
2: Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When we talk about things Mm -hmm. that we couldn't get away with today, like, not necessarily things that hold up, but things that you couldn't, you you wouldn't put in a movie today. And I feel like we've been chasing that high ever since in Hollywood. This is the one thing that, like, this movie doesn't get made in the first place because of all of this IP nonsense. So good work, Steven Spielberg. Um, good
3: on him. He he, big dog for good.
2: Yeah, let's talk about movie lists. Mm-hmm. What I I dug around uh, the archives and I don't think that this actually showed up on any lists. It's a shame. It That's I think it, I think an honorable mention or two. Uh, like I, I think casting was one. I think we mm-hmm. like Bob Hoskins not, got not a, animation. No, not because there wasn't a hybrid animated category in our our top ten animated list. We, I think we, we drew the line at, Yeah, it has to be fully animated. Oh, is there Because you,
0: you, you couldn't find enough auxiliary ones to say, like, I, none of these can make yeah. the
2: I, I refuse to talk about Cool World, yeah. which is why Roger Rabbit didn't make the list. So let me so, ask you this question. Yeah. Would
0: this movie be a film noir or would this be a neo-noir?
2: It would have to be neo-noir because it, color, it wasn't right? made yeah. in the era of yeah. noir, right? And it's color. And it's color. Yeah. yeah. Except for Betty Boop. Except for Betty Boop.
3: Poor Betty. Poor Betty. Yeah.
2: What, I mean, so what lists would you put it on? I mean, obviously, like, I think if we revisit our animated list, I'll I'll for sure get a a hybrid in there uh, so that we can talk about it more. Why aren't we making the special achievement award list? The special (laughs) achievement, yeah. (laughs) Top 10 special (laughs) achievement (laughs) Academy Awards of all time. Yeah. He's right there at the top. Him and Rick Baker. Him and Rick Baker. Just the two.
3: Well, I wrote down film noir, but I guess I have to re- nah. replace it with neo-noir. Well, neo-noir yeah, one could the yeah, neo-noir yeah. be, yeah, want yeah. be a subcategory. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: of Because you can't, like film noirs were so, it's hard to break that down yeah. into 10 different spots without including a neo-noir yeah. or Anime, a comedy I, noir. Because also it. I'd put Deadman uh, Don't Wear Plaid in there too. That made the top 10 noir list, but this didn't? No, I haven't made a noir list. So, well, I'll get on it. Just Take it easy. Come on,
3: Clint.
2: Be a shame if something would have happened to your YouTube channel. God
0: you forbid! You know off. what do you, you know, know about showbiz? Every every day you wake up, you go to work, you walk outside, and there just may be a vault yeah,
2: waiting exactly. waiting to fall on you. There's a piano that's, yeah. that's trying to get up to the second yeah. floor. A couple of guys, a and lot
0: some of people rope. buying pianos around you. A lot of people <laughs> using real crappy ropes. Be a yeah. shame <laughs> if an accident. Be a shame if an accident would happen.
3: I will, I, I'm sure this isn't a list that exists, but if there was a list for like movie crossovers or IP crossovers, I mean, this would be number one, Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, it
2: would have to be. I, Sorry, I don't Avengers. think there are that many. I, I, the, yeah.
0: I don't think we can make that list. because There's like
3: it's... Space Jam, Ready Player One. But even Space Jam. Space Jam all just two, 2 we're tunes. talking yeah. about. Back yeah. in
2: action or whatever.
3: The, a new legacy. Oh, the new, a new yeah, legacy yeah, the new yeah. one. Where the
0: Droods, the just, Droogs are what...
2: Any anything that's on HBO Max. Anything that has Max. excuse me. <laughs> a- anything that has a clockwork orange characters and a children's show. Right. Yeah. Right. Anything anything from the Warner Brothers <laughs> back catalog.
3: Oh, you know what should but be that, a list? Sorry. No, go ahead. Lists that you don't understand. kids movies that you don't understand until you're adult.
2: Yeah, yeah. kids' movies for grown ups is Kids movies for grown That's that's always a uh that's a that's a weird one to crack because like I, I do really like kids movies that are more grown up than you think.
3: Like I like a good kids movie that's just a kids' movie, but Well sure. I like well, sure. a little something that's for me too. You know?
2: It's just a little something for mom. Yeah. How quotable is this movie for you guys?
3: So quotable. Yeah? I got There's a shrug
2: so- and a so quotable.
3: I have a list. I've already I have, said some. I
0: have a list of quotes I've liked, but I've also been aware of this movie for over 30 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not really in my
2: vernacular. It doesn't. The quotes from this movie don't yeah. pop up. Like, <laughs> yeah.
3: I don't have that much nostalgia for this movie, like I said, but I feel like I will be saying dabbling in watercolors, Eddie. Like, yeah. I will be saying that for no reason.
2: God, that's such a great line. I literally caught you with your pants down. Like that's His, his pants are around his ankles and Jessica Rabbit's got, a, got her arms around him. Yeah dabbling in watercolors Eddie Dolores so with
3: the lines also I had to shake the weasels oh,
2: oh I had to shake the weasels that, yeah. that was great too as a little seven-year-old Clint running around saying "Please!" yeah at everything like that was <laughs> uh that was a that was a moment in my life <laughs> um but aside from that no I I don't I don't know that I I quote this movie ever we haven't
3: all. said the most quote like the most quoted line from this movie which one I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way.
2: Oh,
0: that
3: man. every like that's a line that has stood the test of time. That's I think. really yeah. that's a really good one. Yeah. yeah,
2: I use it every day.
0: It comes <laughs> I, up. No, I
3: stand corrected. It comes I, up.
2: I don't feel like this movie is terribly hard to categorize, but I guess it is. Yeah, and I'm not. Maybe that's maybe that's the the movie list that it's on. Like like genre spanning movies. I the mean, movies that genre bending. Yeah, movies that encompass three or four different
0: genres. I mean,
3: what genres is it? It's Noir. I would say it's comedy, Animated. animation,
0: animation. Yeah. Well, there'll, there there will be some like real animators out there that will tell us that animating
2: animation isn't a genre. Yeah. Which I get where they're coming yeah, from. Yeah,
0: right, yeah, yeah. Right.
3: But you know,
2: you see also our animation. Uh, Is in a genre that list. Down, <laughs> that breaks down how many. Uh, yeah. Top 10 reasons why animation <laughs> isn't, isn't a genre. I
3: have a list yep. of things that made Let's me laugh. And again, I'm, I don't even have that much nostalgia for Please this movie. Please
2: exhaust your list.
3: Roger slips his arm out of the handcuffs, and Eddie says, You mean you could have taken your hand out of that cuff at any time? And Roger says, No, not at any time, only when it was funny. Yeah. yeah. Such a good. I laughed a lot. And another one is, again, underappreciated, Benny the Cab saying, hey, Roger, do you know what you call the middle of a song? And then they head for a bridge, and that's... They're just
2: driving towards a bridge. A bridge,
3: like in a song, and then also a physical bridge. I don't know, those (laughs) made me laugh a lot, maybe more than they should have. I do
2: wonder, I like to imagine lines like that and moments like that in movies where somebody writes it, and they're just infinitely proud I of themselves. I think himself, that's maybe why like, I like
3: it. Yes. <laughs> a bridge. I'm going to use that at <laughs> Absolutely. parties.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> like he'll I... never forget the clack of the typewriter that
3: day. Yeah, right? I'm surprised I'm the one who thinks this is the, like a quotable movie.
2: I mean
0: I like a lot of the quotes. I'm just I'm just yeah. saying I've like
2: loved this movie for so
0: long but I have never I, thought to quote
2: yeah. it. I do I do love the film noir kind of vernacular, yeah, like that, you know, detective speak, yeah, boiled detective speak. I, I love it. I mean, the, there's so many gags in this. There's the, a lot of gags. The, the uh, whiskey on the rocks, and I, I mean, ice. Yeah. And then later they bring back actual rocks Rock in his drink. We like, should
3: have been drinking whiskey on literal we rocks. We
2: should have. That's, Absolutely. that's on us because Dusty Dead Brother desk would have been so easy to say drinking, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, room temperature brown couple of, liquor. Yeah. Couple of real rock whiskeys yeah, down. Yeah, absolutely. Also, this is
3: not what we're talking about, but you just reminded me that drinking alcohol is Roger's uh, superpower.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, Which well, is a like very a, odd it's, choice. It's, it's like his spinach. spinach. Yeah. 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 Oh,
3: yeah, it is like his spinach.
2: It's, it, but, like, it, his negative spinach, though.
3: Yeah. Because it just
2: blows him right up. Yeah, but
3: yeah. it does work in his favor. You know.
2: I needed that. Alex, do you have some things you didn't know for us?
3: I have some things I know. Great. But you might not know them. Okay. And the audience might not know them. But we're going to play a little game. I'm going to test your guys' knowledge. Uh-oh. Yeah. So I'm going to say some trivia, but some of them are outright lies. This,
2: You're mm. right to describe this as a game. Yeah, it's a game. It's a game. You
3: want to play a game? All right. So, <laughs> outright
2: <I'm>, lies.
3: Outright <laughs> fibs.
2: Not things I made up. Outright, outright lies. Outright lies. Yeah, I love it. All
3: right, so we're going to go one by one and. Torf?
0: I, I don't know what that means. Oh. oh. tort. <laughs> that, <laughs> <torf>. that says <laughs> tort. That does says say
2: torf. torf. <laughs> For for the listener uh, or viewer, um, I'm Dan not cutting his... around this because I need to, I need you it. to know that Dan, Dan just wrote the word torf. And on I'm glad right it, you all saw torf. Don't show it. Don't show it. It's infinite not worth wins. it. Though. No,
3: I think that he needs to show torf.
2: Torf. <laughs> he wrote the word torf.
3: So we're going to play torf now. Great. Um
2: just came up with a brand <laughs> yeah. new name yeah. for the segment. Yeah. I love it. That's, called that's honestly fine. Yeah.
3: Uh, no, after I read each one, you guys have to say true or false. Okay. And I'm, and I'm going to want you guys to come to an agreement. Okay. All right. So, true or false. Sting was an early contention for the role of Judge Doom. I'm
2: going to say true. I, I can agree with that. I, 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 I think true. coming off of Dune, yeah. I think... Uh, he, he was trying, think, he's trying to stretch his wings. I think Sting had a little heat at the moment, and I wouldn't be surprised if some idiot was like, you know what would be great?
3: Judge Sting. Doom Sting. Sting. Yeah.
2: He also right. guest starred on The Simpsons a few years later. <laughs> Just a few years after this. Just a this. few years later.
3: All right, final answer? Yeah. True? True. You guys are correct. I'm yes. pleased to say.
2: Yeah. Uh, we torfed that one. Torfed that one right out of the You party. sure
3: torfed it. You really torfed it. <laughs> Producers also considered Tim Curry, who they deemed too scary... Uh, which I'd yeah agree sure I yeah. get that yeah John Cleese who was deemed not scary enough uh-huh.
2: and... on a scale of John Cleese to Tim Curry Jerry. how scary <laughs> is like, he that, that is the scale <laughs> <of> the spectrum
3: <laughs> and Christopher Lee who turned the roll down good uh, for him. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. he was saving it he was yeah.
2: he was saving it for for Saruman all right so that that doesn't count as a thing we didn't know because yeah. we got it right yeah.
3: Oh yeah, no, I guess so. No, we, that's not how. That well, works. no, you didn't know I it. I didn't know it. I yeah. guess right. Yeah. yeah, Charles Flesher, who I don't think we've talked about, he is the voice of Roger Rabbit. Charles Flesher actually dressed up like Roger Rabbit when performing his lines. True or false?
2: False. Yeah. I'll agree with you. I don't. I don't necessarily like it because I, I. I want that to be true. You want him to just wear suspenders and no shirt? Yes. That I want. I want it to be a bad experience for yeah. everybody else in the booth while <laughs> like, he's while he's recording just he's just wearing overalls. Like, he's, like, like, yeah. like he, he's wearing right. overalls and no shirt right overalls like and is that and a bow tie and a bow tie and that's it no and yellow gloves so he's and just a bow tie. nips
0: out in a in overall correct just yeah recording so lines. in my
2: in my brain he's also quite hairy yeah
3: mm-hmm.
2: well no
0: because roger not yeah. furry oh yeah
2: hairy
3: well i'm so sorry boys you've been twerfed yourself. It's true. Ah, wow. So so he's, yeah, no, I'm super relieved by that. That's great. No, he said in a 1989 Starlog magazine interview, it just didn't make sense to do Roger Rabbit's voice in my street clothes. Anytime you do a movie, you wear a costume. There's something about putting on a costume that helps in the transformation process. It seemed like the right thing to do. So I wore a costume every day.
2: I buy it. (laughs) Um,
3: I mean, it sounds a little loopy, but you can't argue with the results. Can you?
0: So Ugh. do you think he had like a fur costume, or he's just going
2: in there nips out? I think. Recording.
0: I mean, hopefully oh, nips, nips out, out. Nips, nips out. Yeah, it gotta yeah. Be. come on.
3: I mean, did you
2: hear you his explanation? Like, <laughs> yeah. how's he gonna...
3: does that sound like a man? Does that sound like a nips? man who's
2: not going to go nips out? <laughs> yeah, like no. at the top of a hat. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's a commitment to his art. <laughs> even if, even if he's asked to go nips in, <laughs>
3: <laughs> he would say he no.
2: He would table. I'm an actor. I quit.
3: And these are my. And then
2: you find yourself somebody else to do the voice.
3: Rogers nips out. Nips out. <laughs> <laughs> this is not part of the trivia, but I remember reading somewhere that Bob Hoskins said that he went a little crazy after this movie because he kept seeing hallucinations of like the animated characters. Oh, that's great! I think Charles Fletcher walking around with his nipples out in red overalls probably didn't yeah. help. Just as a, an you think he was
2: there on the on the set?
3: I don't know. Oh Can you imagine him going to Christmas?
2: You think he was lines? doing, like, reference lines yeah. for yeah. Hoskins? And that's what drove Hoskins crazy?
3: <laughs> that's it. Yeah. There's, okay, there the are real alternate universes
2: yeah. that, I, that I would rather be in. That's wonderful.
3: All right. The dip used by Judge Doom to execute tunes in the film is a real-world solution hand animators use to remove ink from animation cells. That's true. True. Yeah. I'm not going to play coy. That's true. That's
2: true. Yeah. 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 I mean, that because they have that little bit of exposition where they describe what it's made out of. Yeah. And I just assume that it's made out of an actual. It's acetone, the, yeah. right? That's, mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Little extra context, as stated in the film. Yeah. The dip is a mixture of turpentine, acetone, and benzene. There you go. All right. Tim Burton was originally slated to direct, but turned it down to dis- due to scheduling conflicts with the production of Edward Scissorhands.
2: That's false. Scissorhands yeah. was in the 90s, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it was the early '90s. I'm it, say it, false I used to fall too. I've read
0: a lot of I've read a lot of directors that were supposed to be on his this, and his name was not one of them. I, I, it, I read like Terry Gilliam,
2: who turned I, it down. I saw that one yeah. too. Yeah, um, uh, he was doing Brazil, right? Uh, no, because Hoskins was in Brazil too. If you'd have said Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, I would have said true. And
3: that's why you don't lie, kids. Because sometimes your lies don't outright add up. lie. Outright lies. Three for four. Yeah. Uh, Three for
2: Torf. Torf. <laughs>
3: Well, you guys stole my thunder. Uh, Terry Gilliam was offered the chance to direct. That's the true fact. Yeah. He said, I passed on that one, but that didn't matter because I, it was just at a stage when it was uh, still just the book and I didn't want to get into animation. I just read the book and I said, this is too much work. Pure laziness on my part. Can you imagine <laughs> like, being imagine. like, I'm too lazy to take on? Like,
2: like that's a guy who knows himself. But like, that's true. He him. was
3: right. It was a lot of work.
2: Because he would have phoned it in and it wouldn't have been good. and We wouldn't be sitting here talking about it. Yeah. Right Do you so. know what's kind of amazing? That, like, M-
0: Michael Eisner was trying to, like, shut this movie down. And if it wasn't for the genius behind the 2020 Startup of the Year, Quibi, Jeffrey Katzenberg,
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> this,
0: this movie would have never have existed.
2: Just another thing on the long list of things that we owe to Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> that we have to
3: thank Quibi for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got a couple more, so get ready to torf. A couple more.
2: Rapid Fire Torf. Here we go. All right.
3: a, World War II se- uh, a World War II set prequel was planned but never qu- uh, got made
2: that's true True. yeah
3: you're right
0: 360 million dollars at the box office they're trying to make they're gonna they're gonna do something else
3: yeah uh basically they got cold feet and i don't blame them all right last one three sequels of the book were published called who censored roger rabbit who stripped jessica rabbit and roger rabbit toon platoon
2: false false the original book was called who Who censored Censored roger Roger Rabbit. rabbit yeah
3: I can't get anything past you. You boys. can
2: learn all about that on an incentive <laughs> fix is What's the difference on Roger Rabbit that we did like uh, six, seven years ago?
3: <laughs> uh, no, but you're right. That was the title of the original book. Yeah. The three sequels that were published were called Who Plugged Roger Rabbit? <laughs> and yes, there are four. See that,
2: that? I didn't know. Yeah. Uh,
3: who Whacked Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit Ex Serious Business?
2: X series. Yeah. Oh
3: yeah, because in the book she's a former porn star. She is,
2: yeah. She was in like some <laughs> she was she was legitimately the worst in the book. Oh yeah, like, no, she didn't she, give a crap about him, Roger. She divorced him, like it was she was uh yeah. We haven't the said it.
0: we, have, we haven't said
2: yeah. it yet, but like Kathleen Turner, perfect choice.
0: <gasps> also uncredited.
3: For
2: yeah.
0: Wait, like, what?
3: Yeah, she wasn't yeah. credited in the movie originally.
2: There's a handful of, of uncrediteds at the yeah. bottom of the, of the cast list on IMDb, I noticed.
3: And that's bonkers, because that's like kind of a bit... Like I would say that like Jessica Rabbit is arguably the most iconic part of that movie. I
0: can't imagine many Zoomers know who Kathleen Turner is.
3: But it's,
0: yeah. uh, but they would know, yeah, they know Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah. She's Matthew yeah.
2: Perry's dad on Friends. Yes.
3: Yeah, you're right.
2: Duh. She was uh, um, the voice of Lisa and the Lionheart. Yeah. So it, it. oh, so she's down here in the uncredited section with a bunch of the uh, animated, like the guy. Um, she probably didn't want. She probably didn't want to. credit. Dave it. Spafford, the voice of Daffy Duck, and Frank Welker, who does is Scooby Doo. She fan. probably
0: she probably just didn't want credit because she had to go in every day and record her, 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 record her lines with that guy who's just nips out. Yeah. Like, Overall. <laughs> <something."> yeah. <laughs> she was talking to she's
2: talking <laughs> to Nips out Fleischer for yeah.
3: <laughs> Nips out Fleischer, not Nips out Chuck. No, know. <laughs> Come on, Roger, let's go home. I'll bake you a carrot cake.
2: (laughs) Who's your MVP of this movie?
3: Richard Williams. Yeah.
2: Richard Williams? Richard Williams or Spielberg. Or Spielberg to actually make it happen? Well it's like it's
0: like Richard Williams peak. This will be the thing that he'll be for like forever known for. But it also wouldn't have been possible without Spielberg.
2: Yeah, Spielberg yeah. he's getting his wins somewhere else. Yeah. Like this he got a, this is not a, a Steven Spielberg special achievement award. Yeah. Like no. it, it's gotta be Williams. Like no, the what yeah. the, the reason this movie still holds up is the way the animation plays with the practical stuff. Yeah. That being said, I'm gonna give it to Joanna Cassidy.
3: I, I love her. You guys,
2: I got this I got the softest spots yeah. for like supporting cast members. She gets the Judd Hirsch Award for this for me. Yeah. I'll give her the um, Judd Hirsch Award. I wouldn't she, say that. But, she's like, the MVP. I think it's, I honestly think it's one of the most, I mean, these movies hold up because of these incredible sporting cast members. Yeah. So yeah. I will always and forever give out the Judd Hirsch Award.
3: I'll give her the Judd Hirsch Award. I won't give her MVP. That's for Richard. You will? No, yeah, I won't. No, oh, you it's, won't? It's, yeah. It's,
0: okay. Listen, he got the Rick Baker she gets Award for me. All right. Even the Academy
2: was like, oh, we don't know how to reward
3: yeah. you, but yeah. here's a statue.
2: We didn't realize we needed a category
0: for yeah. you. Yeah.
3: Yeah
2: but congratulations we've put your name on this gold dude yeah. yeah yeah how essential a movie is this to understand some of these filmographies like robert zemeckis how essential is this movie to robert zemeckis
3: not oh. back to the future essential but essential
2: i was i was talking about it earlier about like the idea that zemeckis is a is a tinkerer and mm-hmm. like he sets out to, to bump the lamp yeah as yeah. much as he can and roger rabbit does that more than anything else he's ever done but even like like a movie like contact like think about that mirror shot oh, in yeah. Contact yeah. that's like the b- banana is impossible but he did it just because like is. he's just a guy that does things even in movies of his that suck like that weird joseph gordon levitt uh, uh the wire or oh, whatever where they yeah. took
0: that good documentary and then made that terrible and movie. made a bad he's done movie that twice about a good now. documentary what was that yeah.
2: marwin Marwal. yeah, yeah. welcome to marwin yeah. or steve carell so i'm please. waiting
0: for him i'm waiting for him to like take the uh uh fire of
2: love yeah yeah <laughs> and just just make a bad movie yeah. about a real thing but about a real like, documentary logistically it was a really hard movie to make i'm mean, like that's all he does is he, he bumps lamps which yeah. is he did. my yeah. new yeah. favorite he did, phrase he yeah. did bump lamps yeah
3: but i will say that, like kind of what i was saying like in the beginning of the episode like these like two years like couple years of like back to the future and roger rabbit really like cemented some zemeckis hallmarks He yeah.
2: he got to he could write his own ticket yeah after this this little stretch yeah and he's still doing it, I would argue. Like, For I mean, he's still making worse. solid movies. Like, Flight was pretty good. You know, Mars, I mean, need, Mars needs moms. Mars needs moms. Outstanding. Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. I don't have to. We don't have to talk about that yeah. anymore, so we won't. But um, what about Hoskins? I mean, this is Bob. Is this the Bob Hoskins? Do I guys? think it is. I think this
0: is the most mainstream Bob Hoskins movie. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he
2: had a, he had a really great run doing like Last Good Friday and yeah. Mona Lisa, and he had like some. Yeah, know, some Criterion British, bangers. British tough guy yeah. criterion yeah. bangers. That, yeah. But
3: I mean, as an experiment, I looked up a bunch of obits for mm-hmm. him, and "Who Frame Roger Rabbit" it's is like the. the is, it's it's yeah. like the first line yeah. and the photo. So I feel like that tells you, like, yeah. what's the first line in your obit? Yeah. It's "Who Framed yeah, it's Roger Rabbit." Yeah.
2: that's probably true. Yeah, that'll be what we call this segment from now on. Like, what's what, the thing what, we'll obit talk headline about when you're yeah. dead? Yeah, your I, obit I mean, We only have time for one last segment, Calibro. This is your segment specialty. Take it away. So, the the thing that no one has been waiting for, but I've
0: been eagerly excited to talk about. You've been re- visibly antsy. Uh, mm-hmm. How is this movie made better by casting Nicolas Cage? <laughs> now, mm-hmm. here's the wrinkle. Because you could do two things here, right? You can cast of the time Nicolas Cage, because he was up and coming, or you could cast any air of Nick Cage. Okay.
2: We can time travel Nick Cage, yeah. however we feel. Nick,
0: Nick, Nick Nicolas Cage, in, at least in this segment, exists in an infinite time continuum mm.
2: where he's he's we've, we've winter he's soldier every, Nicolas he's every cage. age mm-hmm.
0: and no age at the same time
2: yeah i mean that's true in real life of yeah. him anyway mm-hmm. uh, but he's okay so who, who are you swapping him out with judge Doom. judge doom yeah
3: agreed with an asterisk i don't oh. think the movie is better because of it i think if someone put a cartoon gun to my head and said cast nicholas cage as something i would say judge doom but i still Whoa. think christopher lloyd is better Whoa.
2: judge doom is the obvious one yeah, yeah
3: it's the obvious choice it's like, not
2: the correct one it's the obvious choice. Wait, what's, what's the
3: correct one?
2: Just put him as the voice of Baby Herman. <gasps> Nicholas Cage talking about 50-year-old lust and three-year-old no dinkies. All
3: right, Cage. Yeah. That's why we keep you around. I mean, that's pretty good. Come on. That's yeah. pretty good. Yep.
2: So Judge Doom being the obvious, obvious <laughs> like of yeah. the live-action yeah. cast for sure. It's yeah. Judge Doom. Yeah, yeah, Jamie Herman's yeah. good. Because I, I, don't, I don't want Nicholas Cage. Uh, I don't want him as Eddie Valiant.
3: No, absolutely unless not.
2: you write a couple of flashbacks in, is where he could have been a good dead brother. He could like modern Nick
0: Cage, like today's Nick Cage, could have given a good maroon. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the movie I, I, executive. yeah. Yep. I give it up.
2: Yeah, or even Marvin Agnew. Yeah,
3: I Man. so I, when Acne. I was when I was I trying, to...
2: let, I don't want him like to be like. Goofy,
0: yeah, like, yeah. and I don't, actually yeah. like him. Like, yeah, yeah.
3: Acme, who who I was originally gonna say, but yeah, no, I don't think he would have been good as like a jovial little pudgy no. guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, so I'm right, baby Herman.
3: Right. Yeah, I'll that's give that to you. No, yeah. that's love it. it. I was prepared to say this movie would never be better with Nicolas Cage, but you know what? You you swayed me. We did me. it, Baby Herman.
2: Congratulations, we
0: figured yep. it out. Okay, you so- can only deliver that line right now. He, he needed fifty years of lusting.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's modern day Nicolas Cage yeah. traveling back to 1988 yeah, yeah, yeah. to be the voice of Baby Herman. We talked a lot about how this movie holds up and how incredible it is in a number of ways. Is it is this movie a masterpiece? Yeah, you're you're yeah. confidently Dude, not. You're com- smugly nodding over there. Yeah. So
0: I mean. Like- yeah come on let's be real here right like the fact that they were like let's make chinatown for children and then steven spielberg believed in that idea so much that he had to go around hollywood like a mafia don extorting ip rights from everybody be a real shame if i didn't make my next picture at your your fine establishment here got all of those people together then the executives at disney was like you can't move the camera you can't do this you can't do that uh like nope, 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 you're cut, you're cut, you're cut, nope, and then like they were like, F- that, and then they made this thing, and then they had to give they had to give a a a a special Academy award for it like how is this thing not a masterpiece because it's not only in a technical achievement but it's also like like a narrative achievement, and it is also since even it was a period piece at the time it's timeless like right now yeah. and it'll never look old right yeah and it'll out. it's like an
2: eternally young movie i'm not going to argue with any of that Sam, no notes. Cosine. no cosign yeah that's I, I mean it's yeah it's a masterpiece yeah it really yeah. is so that being said now that it's a masterpiece where's it going on your list 61 Bob. number 61 <laughs> <laughs> it's a masterpiece in in the 60s so you had you had it 61 I like 60 on your list movies better than this masterpiece <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> sixty one, Bob. Uh Alex, where'd you have it in your list? I'll
3: do you one better. It's not on my it's list. It's not even on your list. No, so like the thing is, like I But really... you quote
2: it all the time. But it's
3: my new favorite quote. Okay. Here's the thing I feel fine about it not being on my list. Like I don't have that strong of a personal attachment to it besides loving the line goofy cleared of spy charges. <laughs> um no, it's not on my list.
2: I uh I had it right there. Uh you, you win by prices right rules, closest without going over. Mine was sixty four. Oh hey, I had it at sixty four
0: so uh, you, you put three bad movies ahead
2: of it is I put three to, three worst movies, three worst movies ahead of yeah. it, yeah, so uh hey Dan, the look, moment we're, we've we're all playing been, with your stupid envelope now <laughs> the moment we've all been waiting for, let's find out what uh what kind of nonsense algorithm uh thinks about sixty one not ranked sixty four Dan's so good at math, isn't he getting audited right now? Dan, did you have this on is your the, list? yeah. No. Oh, so you guys... Shaking his head, which indicates huh. no. So only me and Clint acknowledge good films here is yep. what you're trying to you, you
3: guys to really forced this one on you there. Yeah.
2: Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Number 83. Hey. I'm. Number Fun. eighty-three. That actually, you know what? Weirdly enough, that actually makes sense. I can't it's believe 2 unranks, a sixty-one and a sixty-four, Honestly, and that gets you I to eighty-three.
0: It, I'm impressed. I actually just thought someone was getting just like Sharpie, enough, like a number eighty-three. No, nope. no,
3: that we bumped the lamp here.
2: We we really bumped the lamp yeah. with, with his Chekhov's envelope. Yeah. Uh So much so that I'm going to insist uh, that whoever made this makes it again for the yeah. next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't on your list. I'm not going to ask Dan the same question because mm-hmm. he's. Dead to me, but yeah. uh, who framed Roger Abbott? Does it go on your list now? Having revisited it, having discussed it,
3: it's interesting because uh, I don't know if we can talk too much about prior prior episodes. But I felt that way about Sunset Boulevard. I, it wasn't on my list, and I was like, should
2: have been
0: on your list. Should have been on my
3: list. Yeah. As much as I don't have any complaints about this movie, I don't feel the need to put it You're on fine. my list. Okay. Like, I, like I feel like it would be fun to like at some point like redo our list after we like kind of think about it for a while um i still don't know like despite me thinking it's the most quotable movie of all time i I don't don't put it on my list way way to
2: recommend that now on camera so when later when dan thinks it's his idea to do an episode about that there we
3: go gotta cover our bases
2: any any final thoughts about the movie about uh dan no, we should save those. That's, uh, that's <laughs> going to so do it for us this week. Uh, next week, we will be talking about, uh, you know, in, of course, the, the, the most logical double feature to pair with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, uh, City of God. <laughs> 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 so we'll be watching and discussing City of God next week right also here on the Cinefix movie. Top 100, uh, a movie that for sure belongs on all the same lists as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so come back next week. We'll see you then. And
0: uh, Now it's time we can finally get these nips out.
1: Hey folks, I'm Yen. And I'm Nat. And we're the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are Sans knowledge. Comic Sans is a show for people who know nothing about comics, like me. And people who love them like me and want to learn more about them. What makes you an authority on comic books? I read them, write them, live them, breathe them. What makes you the authority on knowing nothing? Honestly, Yen, two seasons in, I actually know a little more than I used to. You're welcome. The reason for that is that every episode I make Nat read one of my favorite comics Like Daredevil Saga or This One Summer And then he tells me what makes that comic so special And then I hear what Nat thinks and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism While I actively try to give him one You can listen to the second season of Comic Sans now With new episodes every two weeks Wherever you get your podcasts You know, Yen, I think I know so much about comics now that this might have to be our last season Nat, there will forever be more comic than you will ever know What does that even mean? I don't know, it sounds profound though Right?